a little bit from their heart and from scripture about worship. Is that okay? Awesome. So kids, you can go out. Who's got the younger ones today? Rod's got the younger ones today. Parents, make sure you sign your younger ones in. It's important that we sign them in. It's part of our child safe thing. Um, and the older ones are with Brooke. Amen? And who's going first? Lynn, you're going to go first. Good morning. <laughs> well, when Tim asked me to, if I would do this, I was half excited and I was half terrified. <laughs> there were so many things that go through my head when someone, when you say the word worship, because um, I just love praise and worship. Obviously, praise is a little bit different to worship is an extension of worship but um, there's so many things that went through my head and um, I've typed out so many pages of thoughts and and then God totally took me in a different direction so that was a but I learned a lot of things through it so um, firstly I just want to say how much I love our restoration family here um, for myself I've never felt so much love and encouragement as I have um, being a part of this family. Um, I've been to a few churches and I've never, you know, the depth of, of what we have here is amazing, so thank you. Um, I've got to thank Mum and Dad, they're always being my encouragers, but um, of course, kids don't listen to their parents, do they, kids? Parents have to say that, we're, that they love us and that, you know, we're good at this and we're good at that. Um, so the definition of worship asks different people and they all say different things. I thought I'd ask my kids what do they think about worship. So I asked um, Christian and he said, worship is praying to God, singing and dancing to God and watching Bible videos on YouTube. <laughs> thought that was interesting might have to um, keep a close eye on that one. Um, Caden said, worship is when we lift up the name of Jesus and praise him. And um, Bailey said, it's an emotional way that we connect with God because when we focus on him, particularly when we're singing, we let go and show our love and joy to God in all that he is. So I thought that was really sweet. Um, I thought it was interesting. I'd have a look on what the dictionary says about worship. Not that I read the dictionary very much, but um, what does the dictionary say? Bam. So it's the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration. Would you agree with that? Yeah. 
but we know it's a lot more than that, don't we? The Bible, it says in Psalm 99, verse 5, Exalt the Lord our God, worship at his footstool, holy is he. And in Psalm 132, verse 7, it says, Let us go to his dwelling place and let us worship at his footstool. I just love that image of um, just quietly bowing before his feet and being in awe of who he is. Um, So worship for me is not just singing songs up here on a Sunday. Um, It's more an expression of my love for him. Um, as a child it was all about for me it was all about music and and songs were selected on a Sunday and um, you sang them and you sang them well more emphasis seemed to be placed on um, how well the songs were sung Um, and I interpreted that growing up that the better you did in worship the more pleasing it was to the Lord and, you know, I was, I was always asking the question, was my worship ever good enough? Um, which is really sad when I think about it. And I felt more than anything today that the Lord just wanted me to um, share my experiences with the young people because I have a passion um, for our young people to learn the truth about worship. I, I never believe the right things about worship growing up and I missed so much of what God had in store for me as a teenager because I didn't understand the value of worship and I really, it's in my heart so much that we need to teach our kids, our teenagers about worship and what it means. Yeah, because I believe a lot of um, identity issues in our kids today are because they don't know who they are, who they are in Christ, how much they're loved and how much they're valued and how important they are in the kingdom. Um, So that kind of feeling, of course, for me, led to never feeling good enough, you know, that my worship was never good enough for the Lord because, let's face it, none of us are perfect. I certainly sing quite a few wrong notes. Um, And I never wanted to let... God down. I never felt free in worship. There was all those knots in my stomach that it was never good enough, never ever good enough. That it was an insult to God, you know, what I had to offer just wasn't enough. Um, So many years feeling like a failure when all that mattered to God was that I fully surrendered myself so that he could lavish his love on me more and more and I could truly become exactly what he had created me to be. Um, In fact, I was told on many occasions that I wasn't good enough. I was kicked off a few worship teams because I wasn't up to the standard. Um, But one day here when um, Katie and Aaron, sorry, when Katie and Aaron were sharing and Katie came up and prayed for me and she gave me a word from God, She told me that God had seen my worship as beautiful, that he had seen my heart and my worship was pure. He could see that I worshipped him in spirit, in truth, um, and that he loved me. Um, And that word in that moment broke off everything, every word that had been spoken against me in worship. 
about me, you know. Um, God had seen my heart and that's all he cared about. And, I mean, Tim had seen that in me early on too, my heart for worship. Um, and that's a good leader, someone that can see beyond that and see into your heart. Um, all I wanted to be was useful and a vessel, a tool that he used to win hearts for Jesus. That's all I, all I ever wanted. Of course, God still wants us our, our best. He wants us to bring our best to him. Um, but that doesn't mean best as in performance. He wants us to bring the best of us. Um, for me, that means when, when I'm worshipping or leading on a Sunday, it's important for me um, to have a prayer time beforehand, to empty, empty everything out that's me, everything, and totally surrender to him. Because um, I want to um, have an exchange with him, an exchange with the Holy Spirit. And I know that the Holy Spirit won't come to me if I'm holding on to something that's, that's sinful that's, un, you know, that's not good. Um, I remember Hillsong one year, I, I saw um, Brian and Jen Johnson. Um, they led worship one night. And it was a, my first taste of spontaneous and prophetic worship. And I had never experienced anything like it. It was pretty, um, growing up in a Wesleyan Methodist church, that was a bit different for me. But I could really relate to that style of worship because you felt free. There was so much freedom in it, you know, singing and dancing and, and revealing your true heart, true heart to God. And it's expressing how you feel on the inside with no judgment. And that really encouraged me. Um, I love what we're doing here. I love our worship teams in that it's never about one person. It's about us as a team joined together. And I love nothing more than worshipping together as a team because um, I find there's so much encouragement in that and we build each other up. Um, so reading this um, John last week and there was a, a verse, Jim shared this at worship on, on Wednesday, but it's John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. Um, but the hour is coming... And is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Um, there's a verse in Colossians that I love. Um, and I want it for my everyday life, my worship. Um, it's Colossians chapter 3, verse 14 to 17. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and, and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name 
of Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. Yep, so it's a complete surrender. Worship is a complete surrender and giving God the absolute best. Um, yeah, I am passionate about teaching our young people about true worship and what it means um, and teaching them how to enter in and encounter the Holy Spirit and draw them closer to God and deepen their love for him and their relationship with him. Um, I think that's really important. So thank you for letting me share today. Good morning, everybody. I'd, I'd just like to share briefly what Jill and I learnt at Bible College some years ago. We were taught by a guy called Richard Oddie. Now, Richard Oddie was the worship leader at Christian Outreach. Richard Oddie has also wrote some songs, mainly on worship, and if you type in his name on the computer, you, you, you can listen to him. But we were taught, we were pretty raw when we went to Bible College. We were rough and ready. You would think that we would have all been holy. Yeah and no. We were rough, really. Now that I look back. But our, uh, Richard Oddie taught us the difference between worship and praise. Now get ready for this. He said, when the congregation comes in, it's, it's a cold winter's morning, warm them up. Get them clapping and praising and dancing and moving and that. Warm them up. Once they're warmed up and absolutely exhausted, then you move into worship. <laughs> Music, slow down. Music, not so loud. Gentle. The key there is slow down and begin to worship. And uh, the lady before me was talking about young children worshipping. Well, when Jill and I taught uh, Sunday school, and we taught it for years, uh, the Lord spoke to us, we teach to teach the children to worship. And if you've ever heard young kids worshipping the Lord, it would bring tears to your eyes, the way they worship. Well, absolutely beautiful. Then the Lord spoke to us again, and the Lord said, now I want you to teach the children how to tithe, because they're going to grow up, and their first wage, oh, all this money, what am I going to do with it? They need to put the Lord first. 
So in those days, you had things like one cent, two cent, three cents, five cents, ten cents, whatever. So the kids used to bring in their pocket money and used to tithe. Well, that money, of course, went to the uh, pastors. Didn't belong to us. Thank you for listening. Amen. Isn't it great the way that the Lord speaks through us all and, and connects it all together? That everything that's been shared from the front this morning has been related. And everything that the Lord's been speaking to me about these last weeks or months has kind of come together in my scribbled list of notes that I don't really know where I'm going to go with. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to share a little bit um, about our experience with worship, Krista and I, and we've had the privilege of um, being able to worship in a church that, that um, well, I've grown up free worship with, with my parents, but also then um, spent the last few years in a church that worship and following the spirit and the prophetic was first and foremost and that was a rough season in our lives but it taught us to worship and taught us that it doesn't matter what what else is going on but you know Jesus at the center surrendered is is first and foremost um as you can probably guess about already everything I wanted to say has been said um but where would I like to go? I'm going to go back to John 4 that Lynn just read out. It's a lot easier this morning with two hands. The hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. And when Jim read that, I don't know if I've seen Jim this morning, but when he read that, out at our worship team meeting I just kind of got a, a next level understanding revelation to what I have had in the past um, we, we always talk that, that we do things you know not by our own strength not by our own might but we do things by his spirit and that includes worshipping him even Loving Jesus requires us to let him do it. That the, the love he's poured out on us, we would give back to him. And like Beth was sharing earlier, sometimes the songs can just be songs and they can just be empty. And it's almost, you know, not worth singing them at that point. Um, but that we, we worship him in truth. 
that when we stand there and we sing, I surrender all, what is in our minds? What are we thinking of? Um, Because God's just been taking me on a journey of, of surrendering my life more and more to Him. And that changes for each one of us as we go on our walk with Christ. Because it starts and when we're trapped in the world and in sin. And I surrender all is giving away those things, our desires, our flesh. And then as we journey with Him, it's, it's more and more that we surrender. It's a, a journey He takes us on. Um, and a passage that the Lord has been bringing up, not just with myself, but in church a lot lately and dad's been sharing a lot out of it lately is um romans 12 Um, i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to god which is your reasonable service And this came up again today. Do not be conformed um, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when we talk about um, our lives, being worshipped, washing the dishes, driving a car, um, that every thought would be held captive to him. Um, mm. I'd just like to share one more passage out of Luke 7 that I was reading this morning. So I was reading this this morning and just thinking about this being our worship. I mean, Luke 7, it's the passage on a sinful woman forgiven. Um, So we have this woman that is a known sinner in the city. She hears Jesus is having dinner with a Pharisee and she comes to see him. Um, When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. She began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. So this woman knew she was desperate for Jesus. She knew she needed him. She wasn't afraid of what the Pharisees thought. She was willing to, to pour out what she'd, what she'd been given. It's, it's different but similar to when David would dance in his undergarments. He would, wasn't afraid what anyone thought was before the Lord. Um, and the Pharisees criticised her and criticised Jesus. And Jesus knows their thoughts. Um, I'm going to paraphrase because I can't find it there. But um, Jesus says to them, uh, because she knows that she's sinned much and needs to be forgiven much, she loves much, 
and sometimes, I know I'm probably guilty of this, sometimes we forget how big a debt that God has forgiven of ours. And that's my heart, that when I worship, that That, that the love that I would show through what he's given me would... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he's forgiven so much and we would never, ever be able to repay it. And all he wants is our all. That fragrant oil that we would bow at his feet and wipe his feet with our hair. So that's worship to me. Thank you. Morning. <laughs> I was a bit um, humbled but also excited when Tim asked me to speak on worship because it really is a passion of mine. Um, particularly through music, but so much more than music. Worship really is so much more than just the music and just the singing. But that really is a great tool for us to worship the Lord also. So luckily, I looked up worship in the dictionary, and I've got a few more words than her, but <laughs> there are quite a few definitions. <laughs> Homage or service to a deity, acts, rites or ceremonies of this, adoration or devotion, shown towards a person or principle. That's for the noun. As a verb, adore as divine, honour with religious rites, idolise or regard with adoration. Attend public worship, be full of adoration. So I saw a bit of a common theme there, something that's mentioned several times, adoration. To adore someone or something is to love them intensely. Love them intensely and Beth spoke about intensifying our worship to the Lord this morning. Let's just take a moment here to ask ourselves honestly, what or more importantly, who would others say do I love intensely? If the answer's not God, then that's a form of idolatry, isn't it? We, yeah, we really need to love him more intensely. In Matthew 22, 37 and 38, Jesus stated the importance of worship when he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. So worship is the first and greatest commandment in the new covenant and also the first commandment of the law under the old covenant where it says in Exodus, Worship no God but me. Jesus also taught his disciples to worship through prayer when he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. The Passion Translation puts it like this. Our Heavenly Father, may the glory of your name be the centre on which our life turns. God created us and we as his creatures, his creation, we have a duty to worship him. We were created to worship him. Jesus died for us and as our saviour he actually deserves our worship. So I'd like to talk about true worshippers this morning. I think I've got seven points. 
on being a true worshipper. True worshippers want to draw near to God and spend time with him. In Luke 10, 38 to 42, we read about Mary and Martha. While Martha was distracted with much serving, Mary sat at Jesus' feet and she heard his word. When Martha asked Jesus to tell her to get up and help, Jesus replied in verses 41 and 42, Martha, Martha, you are worried about many things, but one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Let's choose the good part like Mary and sit at Jesus' feet. True worshippers love God with their heart, their thoughts, their words and their actions. They worship out of a love response because of their relationship with the Lord. In Isaiah 29, 13, it says, The Lord says, These people claim to worship me, but their words are meaningless and their hearts are somewhere else. Their religion is nothing but human rules and traditions which they have simply memorised. So honouring God with our lips or words or even actions, it's not enough. Worship has to come from the heart, from a heart fully devoted to God. Worship begins in the heart of every believer. God is more interested in the condition of our hearts than the position of our hands. True worshippers seek to do or obey God's will. They give their lives, their everything to God and they aim to please the Lord in everything they do. We heard Romans 12 this morning already from Nick about God urging us to offer our bodies as living sacrifices. That's our true and proper worship, not conforming to the world but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. True worshippers worship God personally, intimately and passionately. They have a wholehearted attitude of adoration, praise and thanksgiving. Ephesians 5, in verses 18 to 20, it encourages us to be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for the glory Sorry, for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are many psalms and other verses encouraging us to sing to the Lord, to sing his praises and to praise him with instruments and music. Music, singing, instruments, raising our hands, bowing our knees, they're not worship in and of themselves. They are an outward expression of the worship that comes from our heart. True worshippers worship for the Lord, not for themselves, to bless, honour and exalt him. Psalm 145 reads, I will extol you, my God, O King, and I'll bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I'll praise your name forever and ever. God deserves and longs for our worship every day, not just on a Sunday, not just when we're together. True worshippers worship God for who he is not only for what he has done. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. This is Psalm 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I've got the wrong page, sorry. Give thanks to him and praise his name. 
for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. True worshippers worship the Lord wherever they are, at home, in the car, at school, at work, at church, doing the dishes. We've heard that a few times this morning. (laughs) Who worships the Lord doing the dishes? (laughs) Awesome. Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, and we've heard this passage twice already from John 4. I'm going to read from verse 20 where it says, she was saying to him, Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we worship is in Jerusalem. And that's when Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, a time is coming when you worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. And he continued in verse 23. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in truth. I like the way the Passion Translation puts it. From here on, worshipping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit and he longs to have sincere worshippers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. The Lord is not just looking for worship. I read somewhere, if he was, he could just play a CD and listen to that. (laughs) He's not just looking for worship, but worshippers, people who give themselves fully to him. I've heard it so many times this morning, being in surrender to the Lord. Revelations 3, 15 and 16 says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Don't want to be spit out of the Lord's mouth. We want to be hot for him, (laughs) fully surrendered to him. When we give ourselves fully to the Lord, there is nothing half-hearted or wishy-washy about it. So let's live a life of worship. Let's encourage one another to live a life of worship. Let us be true worshippers of the living God giving ourselves fully to him and worshipping him wholeheartedly. Thank you. Cool. Well, we are going to worship with a song, through a song. The verse of scripture that keeps was running through, as I was sitting down there this morning, the verse of scripture that came running through my head was Matthew 6. Is it verse 19 or is it 21? I get confused. I think it's 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Amen? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When you treasure something, it's got your heart. And in today's society here, it can be all kinds of things. It can be people. It can be possessions. It can be careers. It can be property. It can be all kinds of things. Where you, what you treasure, you can see. You know those people that just like look after their car to the to the mint degree, like every day they're washing it. You know we've got a guy across the road from our house where we've moved to, and every second day he's on his um, cylinder mower, mowing his lawn. It's all day every day. It's on his lawn, on his lawn. But you know, the, the for us it's Jesus that he would be the one that we treasure. Yeah. 
because their heart will be there. And then you can, whether you're, whether you're down Bourbong Street, whether you're at work, whether you're at the gym, whether you're at sport, wherever it is, it's Jesus that exudes from your life. You cannot contain it. And, and I'm convinced in this time of resetting and relaunching that God wants us to discover a greater intimacy. He wants us to uh, discover uh, worshipping, what it really means to worship in spirit and in truth. And what the outworking of that is, not only in our gatherings, but in our lives seven days a week. Amen? That kind of life is going to speak. It's going to speak volumes in your workplace. It's going to speak volumes in your community clubs. It's going to speak volumes wherever you find yourself. But we've got to come back to the heart of worship. We've got to get stuff stripped out of the way and we've got to put Jesus back there. And it's something that we always talk about, you know, but it's something that only you can do. It's something that only you can do and it comes with a choice. It says, you know, and you say, you know, there is it's a good place to go, God, just search me. And if there's anything that needs to change, if, if there's anything that, that I'm holding on to, if there's anything that's in the way, if there's anything in the way, then, I, then it needs to go. So that you would truly be the centre of my life, my family, fellowship. Amen? Jesus wants to be lifted high. And he is worthy to be lifted high. Amen? To me, that's where it starts. You know, one of the... the music team, you want to come down the front? One of the things that keeps going over in my mind the last not just few weeks but few months because of everything that's been happening in the world, everything that's been happening locally, but everything that's happening in the world is come magnify the Lord with me. Come magnify the Lord with me. And I cannot, I cannot encourage you enough. Magnify Jesus over every problem, over every situation, over every thought, over everything. When the enemy comes against you in different ways, magnify Jesus because it changes your perspective. And when Jesus is the focus, he becomes a treasure. And there is your heart. And I'm convinced in my spirit that if we all continue to go on that journey, none of us has fully arrived in it, if I can be bold enough to say that. As we continue to go on that journey of putting Jesus first, of lifting him up and magnifying him, whenever we get together, I believe there's going to be increase upon increase upon increase. There's going to be glory upon glory upon glory. Because we're, because we're not coming to worship, but we're coming from a life of worship and we're gathering together. Amen? We're living a life of worship and we come and we gather together. And we join together and it multiplies in the Spirit. So let's lift up Jesus this morning. Put aside all distractions and just worship Him this morning. Jesus.